Salutation Shades, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone asks, but no one wants to admit to. Here's your host, Vic Waitley. And the soon-to-be, probably drunk, Marcus D. I don't know, we'll just see exactly. I didn't get a cup for our alcohol that we're drinking today, so I'm going to have to moderate, or be do this in moderation. Man, I never drink wine out of a cup. It's always straight out of the bottle. You know what they just, say, never let your wine breathe. Just like... <laughs> Just like a hobo. And joining us in the studio today, well, this is your saying time on. Let's go ahead and let you introduce yourself. And I'm Ellie Waitley, and they bribed me with talking about the occult and wine, so. Yes, we are Ellie Waitley cool for this episode. This is fantastic. Ellie's our primary occult specialist, so we figured if we're going to be talking about occultic stuff, should really probably have Ellie on. This is awesome. And guys, today we are drinking... A lot of different kind of wines. When me and Vic went to the uh, liquor store today, we loaded up on wines. Yeah, because you said that you need to drink red wine because yes. your heart was going to yes. explode. I am trying to... I'm on a diet, man. Okay, it's the new year. It's new me. I'm trying to diet. And, you know, alcohol is not good to diet with. Now, guys, no one comment anything stressful. He's really, like, just kind of one shock away from just dying. <laughs> and also, it's fun fact about wine bottles. They make fantastic murder weapons when you turn them upside down. <laughs> Marcus, your heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to take my... I'm sold. I'm going to die pills. Oh, my oh God. Okay. okay. What are we drinking today? Okay. Today, I am drinking Serena Sweet Red Wine. And I'm drinking Farm Market Cranberry. From Round Barn Winery. Mine's winning because I have a butterfly on it. You just have a... Is that a fat house person? <laughs> kind of. It's, it's like a, a, a spherical barn, I guess. Like a round barn. Also, oh. also I think he's winning because uh, yours is a twist top. If anyone ever wants to try, uh, Farm Market is apparently a Michigan-made wine. <laughs> We are entirely not sponsored. We just like to tell you what we're drinking. Yeah, we want you guys to have some... If you guys have some suggestions for some wines or some alcohol for the podcast, please let us know in the comments below. We love taking suggestions. I still feel bad about the guy who tried to order the Phantom Ghosts. I know. Like that that beer that we argued incessantly over. Sorry, sorry. And then he couldn't find it. Although, I do feel like you can get these somewhere. See, oh, making fun of me for the twist top, and you're still working on getting your cork out, by the way, isn't it? Get it. Helpful. There we go. It's All right, not cool. like it was that hard. It's All right. just a corkscrew. It just took you longer. I got I got to my alcohol sooner than you did. So All right. Uh, cheers to you guys, our listeners. Absolute cheers to you guys. Oh, man, I really, really like this wine. Ooh, this is bubbly. I like this. Mm. Is it carbonated? No. It may, I don't know. It's got bubbles in them. It could be. That's just the botulism. Oh, my <laughs> botulism tastes tasty. Yeah, oh. I really like this uh, farm market wine. Yeah. I, this is the same time I've had this bottle, and it's a. If you like cranberry wine, which I love cranberry wine, it's one of my favorites. I like sweet wines. I don't like dry wines. I feel like dry wines are a waste of time. Like that defeats the purpose. Dry wines are for specific things, like 
having a bad day or staring out the window at the rain or I'm going to stay home today with all the uh, blinds drawn and read a book in the dark. Mm. Or occultic rituals, which mm. is more or less what we're talking about Absolutely. today. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go over some comments that you guys left in our last episode. All right, you win. We'll talk about Slenderman. And if you haven't checked out that episode, I highly recommend it. Uh, we finally, I mean, it's been like f five, six years we've been putting out content, and people have been recommending Slenderman constantly. He's popped up from time to time just in conversation. So we did the whole topic about him. Um, we also added some more, I would say, to the conversation about Tulpas, uh, which is in the episode. You guys should check that episode out. And you get to discover what an egregore is. Yes, yes. All right, so... Going over some of these comments here. Uh, Killing Reality says, good show, specifically the beginning. Well, which is true because we responded to your comment from the last time. We were being a little mean to that uh, to that artist in the episode. Oh, yeah. You remember the last time you were on and uh, we were talking about uh, Darringer? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were apparently a little mean, which we kind of were. Yeah. Lost in Time says, regardless of what those two girls say, they saw it seems more likely they were mentally ill and as such started believing that Slendy was real. I mean, I, I'd more or less agree with that. I would, too. Gray9438 says, If I recall, John Keel explored the concept of paranormal entities requiring our belief to exist in this world, so it took the guise of aliens and UFOs to match the popular culture at the time, so perhaps they're now trying to mimic uh, the Slenderman in the same motive. Props to you, man. I love it anytime we talk about Keel. The fact that you recommended that, sir, means you probably know more than like 99% of people in the paranormal community by just mentioning his name. I know a lot of people don't give Keel his cred. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Jody Smith says, Marcus, are you the guy on TikTok doing those hilarious tales from the psych ward videos? No, I can't take credit for that. He is. He's lying. He no, really I'm not going to take credit. Hey, first of all, I first of all, I don't really like to bring up real patient stories from the psych hospital anyway. Even in my stand-up, in which I'm known for talking about working at the psych hospital, I don't really use real patient stories in those. Guys, he doesn't even know what a TikTok is. I don't know what a TikTok is. Dude, when I first heard, <laughs> saw the stuff that was like hashtag TikTok, I thought people were giving me some sort of like a vague threat. <laughs> like, like I had to like do something because I'm on the clock. I'm not lying. It took me like a good, good like several weeks before I knew what we were talking At about. At some point I should check out TikTok. I, I didn't, I, I kind of have a vague knowledge of what it is, but I don't really know. You would. Anyway. Creepy California, who, by the way, is our newest patron, and uh, props to you, good buddy. Cheers. Cheers to you. Grab grab your wine. I'm grab my wine. wine. Find this, it. Absolutely. This is a cheers to super uh, to uh, Creepy California, the now super duper fan I'm going to be referring to you as. Creepy California, super duper fan, says, what if it's all mental? Like a mix of undiagnosed mental illness and a form of chuniburu, a Japanese term for a young person with fantastical delusions. These beings aren't showing themselves in reality, right? Like moving objects and such. Only these young people can see them. So maybe they're going through something at home, like abuse or even undiagnosed mental illness that would cause them to have these delusions. Sorry if it sounds a little off. I know this mental disorder. Me and Ellie have talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can, can you explain it a little bit? I mean, it's basically something that pops up in like middle school where people, you know, pretend so hard they start to believe that they have like magical powers or they're going to become the next head of the yakuza just random weird stuff like that and you see it a lot in anime actually 
because it's just such a prevalent idea. Wow. <laughs> and then the rest of us just got into Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, because, you know, we're cool. That's yeah, what cool a, kids it's do. A hel- it's a healthy outlet for <laughs> yeah, that kind of sure. thinking. I think that yeah, absolutely could. I think there could be some. I think there could be something to that. Well, I think, well, honestly, honestly, and, and this is coming from working in a psychiatric, psychiatric hospital setting, like, there's so many times in which, honestly, I preferred, uh, you know, someone's home life could be just be so bad that a fantastical, uh, you know, world that you immerse yourself in is going to be way more appealing than what the real world is, even if it's a horrific one. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I've seen it so many times from kids where you see a lot of these, like, slasher-esque mythical characters, like, you know, what was it, Smiling Jack or Laughing Jack, I think is what his name was said in the last episode, or Slender Man and all these things. It, it, it also appeals to those who are kind of dark and directionless, mm-hmm. because it gives them kind of this path to a better life. Mm-hmm. Well, and really gave them a path to prison, but you, yeah. you know what I mean, in their head it did. Austin Lee, final comment. Austin Lee says, Slenderman is invented. H.P. Lovecraft slaps and sh- uh, claps and cheers hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore the works of Lovecraft. I think that Lovecraft honestly would love creepypastas today. I, I, think, I think that he would. He, he, lo- he loved anything that was strange fiction. And I, okay, one of my favorite other strange fiction writers, I can never remember his damn name, the guy who wrote The King in Yellow. I've even read The King in Yellow, and I still can't remember his name. Um, like, in, uh, he had so much potential, but, man, he just squandered away on just writing romance where he could have been, like, just, his name could be just as big as Lovecraft's nowadays if he would have stuck to strange fiction. And you would be able to remember his name in conversation. I probably could. I don't know why I always space his name. Did you pull it up? I did. Robert W. Chambers. There we go. Chambers. Yes. Uh, uh, was the guy's name who wrote The King in Yellow? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, guys. Guys, we have got a fantastic episode lined up for you guys today. Today, guys, we're going to be talking about, like, internet rituals like inter- like rituals and game in like occult games birthed from the internet now i remember when i was a kid and i remember playing games like you know what i'm talking like bloody mary like where you oh, like yeah. you'd, you'd have to be in the dark look in a mirror and then say like bloody mary three times and she would just show up and scratch you or slap you like i loved doing some of those games as a kid especially with my sisters because then i could like smack them <laughs> in the back of the head like when it happens they would be like Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, whack! Did you ever do Bloody Mary? Huh? My sisters did. I got them to do it. I didn't personally. I had them do it because one of two things was going to happen. A, they're actually going to have something bad happen to them, not me, because they were the ones who did it. Or B, they would, uh, I smacked them in the back of the head, because what are they going to do? Go tell mom and dad, Marcus hit me in the bathroom when we were doing occult rituals. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? What about you, Ollie? Did you ever try Bloody Mary? I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I was a little girl once, and now I study the occult. So, I, I tried it a few times myself with like sleepovers and things. Now I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I have for years been doing the game light as a feather, stiff as a board, just constantly. Because if you did, you know the game I'm talking about. You know, you do yeah, light as a feather, stiff as a board, it makes the person lighter. Because I've been having to carry you know this entire time about the content to the channel. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that was salty there. Oh, that was salty. Jay. I have been waiting to say that all day since I was at work. And I bought you lunch. Oh, wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah, puke it back out. Oh. Oh, I love that. Sorry, guys. I've been waiting all day to say that to Vic, so I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself. Um, I, I tried light as a feather tip as a board once at a party. It did not work. Has anyone ever gotten that to work? 
No. Is that something that can work? Does anyone know? I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's really something to that. Well, also keep in mind if you're having a bunch of people under somebody doing light as a feather, sit as a board, it's just gonna be easier to lift somebody. But isn't it just supposed to be your fingers when you do that? Yeah, I, I, I thought know. each person's supposed to like slide one finger underneath. Okay, first of all, man, look at this. I okay. I'm absolutely terrified that a cult is gonna come get me in the middle of the night. You think honestly? And I hate Ouija boards. You think honestly that I'm going to be doing stuff like that? Oh, I tro- I totally tried it. No, I would volunteer other people. Also, I foresee that we are going to be arguing about something here later on in the episode. Because <laughs> a few of these rituals, I am more than willing to try. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, anyway, uh, some of them I am. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get it. So, um, today we're going to be talking about, like, rituals and occult games birthed from the internet. I mean, because in the early 2000s, creepypastas really took off. And a lot of people know that about, like, creepypastas. You know, with the birth of Reddit, YouTube, Fortune, all these sorts of things, all these forums and, and mediums for people to essentially get their fan fiction, their horror fan fiction out there, just took off. At the same time, what people don't know is also, like, underneath that kind of almost under the radar, this whole subculture of creep. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to call all of them creepy pasta rituals. I don't. I, maybe we'll come up with a better name. There, there, there are some that are creepy pasta rituals, but there was this budding internet community of occultists about that yes, time, yes. looking to share strange and, and unusual rituals with each other. Yeah, and they bloomed into quite a community. Yeah, like, and if it, it, sometimes it's just hard to find it specifically where you'll find these things. But I think it was about. I want to say it was about. 2016 was maybe a little bit before that this subreddit called three kings emerges which generally specifically is around this new very i didn't know this was a popular thing until i started getting into this but like this new real popular internet ritual that people have been trying and then the subreddit from it had essentially become this place where people would post their new ritual or new occult games that they had came up with or was given to them or they knew of. For the most part, you notice we're saying things like occult games, and you might not be familiar with it because it's kind of a strange sort of way of thinking of occult rituals. But a lot of these are pitched as, yes, they are occultic, yes, they will work, and yes, you can do it as a game. Yeah, well, they run the gambit of, like, the seriousness of them. Some of them are just, you know, for fun Light as, a feather, stiff, light as a feather, stiff as a board type stuff, all the way up to very serious, like, contracts with demons that you can make. Which is always a bad idea. Well, yeah, but I'm showing you the the gravitas. Okay, we're putting this on a scale. This is a big friggin' scale, you know, which can escalate incredibly quickly, but, like, this is the, I don't know, this is the territory we're working in, I guess. Okay, but where do you want to start? There is a oh. lot of stuff we've researched for this. Okay, okay. So, I think the best place to start would be the Three Kings ritual. Oh, come on. Let's save Three Kings okay, for the Okay, okay, bit, okay, so. okay. So, then we're, we're going to save Three Kings. So, where would be a good place to start with this conversation? Let's start with something simple. Like Charlie, you, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one we can do. Okay. Okay. Charlie, Charlie was a simple occultic ritual that became very famous... Circuit 2010, around that time, maybe a little later, Mm -hmm. where you take a piece of paper and on opposite corners, you write yes. In opposite corners, you write no. 
Then you lay down a pencil and balance the second one at a 90 degree angle to the first one on top of it. Then you ask a question and it's supposed to spiral to yes or no. Now, a lot of people believe that this was a new thing, but actually it's a older practice that came up from Mexico. Let me see if I got the name here. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it, but I'm going to let Marcus pronounce it. Uh, it is the pin game in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but give them the sorry, actual name. Sorry, sorry. Juego de la Lapicera. Sorry, I had to make sure that there weren't two L's there, which essentially translates to pin game. <laughs> and in many ways, this is just a schoolyard version of a Ouija board. Some people say that it's a ghost named Charlie that you talk to. Some people claim that it's a, a demon. Um, a lot of people claim that it's a Mexican demon, but folklorists who've looked into it haven't found any like legitimate connection to anything along those lines. There's even versions where you ask La Llorona. What? That's a terrible idea. Yeah, of course it is. La yeah. Go, you know, go watch, go watch my video on La Llorona. Why that's a bad idea. You can tell me that that's gonna end with somebody being drowned in a river. But I mean, how different is this from the Bloody Mary game that we've all admitted to at least engaging in? Bloody Mary's gonna scratch me. La Llorona's gonna drown me in a river. I don't or, know. Or, to or sorry, or to shove a bathtub. I apologize. Back where I grew up, there were stories that she pulls you back in through the mirror and kills you. What? Wait. Is that not what you guys were taught? Yeah, that's that was. Oh, you're talking about it, Bloody Mary. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about Lying Around like pulls me through a mirror. No, no, I'm no, sorry. no, Bloody Mary. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I got the scratch. I got the scratches. You or just harms you in some sort like, of way. Like I've I've heard that, but I've also was told like she can just pull you back in, <laughs> and then you're just you're just done. Well, a lot of these end up with just with bad things happening. By the way, this is gonna be a common theme. By the way, throughout this episode. But so it just started as this kind of modernized schoolyard version of the Ouija board that when it came to America, it just really kicked off. Like there are a lot of like they called it Charlie Charlie challenges mm -hmm. where you set it up and you do it and you see if you can get answers from it. Some people claim it works. Other people claim it doesn't. I haven't really tried Charlie Charlie yet. I feel like if I'm going to attempt some sort of communing, I might as well just get myself an actual Ouija board. Do you guys know what the name of those like weird little... Uh, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm doing. What, what the, are those? the fortune teller? The yeah. fortune teller, like the yeah. four-cornered fortune teller thing that always just looked like some sort of a lizard head that was talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what kind of, like, that's what made me, that's what I thought of when you are describing the Charlie Charlie thing. Well, this one's a little more interesting because supposedly the pencil will move and point to, you know, the answer to the question. Mm. Of course, you're more limited to just yes or no questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Are you ready for, like, a darker one? Yes. Because they run the gamut. Like, because keep in mind, Charlie Charlie is something simple. Like, you, but you can find some incredibly dark rituals. And I found one that's not on the Three Kings subreddit. I found one that I had to, that I had to look for. Have you guys ever heard of the Apple Watch ritual? No, I don't right. think I know right. this one. Because, guys, for this episode, I really wanted to bring you guys stuff that's, like, new, like, like cutting-edge stuff for, like, digital, like, like the paranormal in the digital age. Like, something new-edge stuff. Do they mean, like, an Apple Watch, like, an actual Apple Watch, like, oh, an yes. iPhone? Oh, yes. Okay. So, get ready, because I'm not going to recommend anybody do this, because it is... This already sounds like it's going to be an expensive ritual. <laughs> and, yeah, and even if it doesn't work, it just makes you a dick, like, if you don't do this. So, the Apple Watch uh, ritual involves you... Uh, needing uh, two, th uh, four things. 
to be able to complete this work. Two which are required for the ritual, and two more to be able to sneak in to do said ritual. Yeah. Okay. So you need two Apple Watches to do this ritual. They both have to be Series 3 or later, uh, because the Series 3 can be uh, operated without a phone. Now, you attach one Apple Watch to your wrist, and then you need a teddy bear and some Vicks Vapor Rub. And in order to do this ritual, they recommend that you wait outside of a funeral home the morning before a funeral. Yeah. And then you put the Vicks Vapor Rub under your eyes so your eyes look puffy, which makes you look like you're really sad they're going to be there. I'm starting to wonder why the heck they're going into a funeral home. This is t Oh, no. It gets worse. So then you go inside the funeral home holding the teddy bear. Because the teddy bear is supposed to get you close to the body by saying, Oh, the last thing they wanted, this is just between me and then they wanted us to be buried with this particular teddy bear. That's important to me. Which gets you close to the body. And then while you're putting the teddy bear in, you attach the Apple Watch Rich, the Apple wristwatch to the corpse. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. It gets better. Okay. So then what you do is you have to take your watch and you dunk it under water. Either toilet, a faucet, bathtub, whatever, and then you turn it on. Okay. Now, there's a certain amount of time that you have to do this, but it has to be generally done after the corpse has already been buried. Because for the next part, you utter these this particular phrase, like this particular ritual, and I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because I don't want people trying this. And what this what this chant does is it essentially reanimates the corpse. And oh, dude, <laughs> wait, I can't. wait, wait. Okay, no, no, no. It gets worse. And then what this does is this is supposed to super motivate you to exercise more. Yeah, it always makes you feel like literally something is like clawing at your heels or like right behind you or like pushing you to like this physical exertion and making you burn fat faster you know necromancy for fitness yeah you know this is the weirdest ritual i have read in quite some time now i have read weirder i have read uh the picket tricks and there's some weird rituals in that book no this is one of the weirder ones i've heard from the modern no day. yeah and then you do this and then it's supposed to like like super burn fat do you know the problem with this ritual? You have to, you have to <laughs> sneak a watch, Apple Watch, onto a dead body, <laughs> and then you reanimate it. Yeah. In the whole ritual, it never describes if the zombie dies again. It's really under the guise of believing like the zombie's gonna be kept inside this like super steel cough, wood coffin thing that it's not gonna be able to get out. I wish I was making this up. This is what the ritual was. Well, this is a very okay. I have questions. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Why do you need to animate a dead corpse to make this work? Like, what, 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 what role does having an animated corpse? Okay, you because it's supposed to this. it's supposed to motivate you're supposed to motivate you like you feel like you're being chased by a zombie so you can exercise harder. Okay, what wouldn't a like ghost be easier like haunt your friggin' Apple Watch? Then you only need one. Oh, no. Apparently, I love how... Dude, okay. So the person that, like, that, that put this out into the world also didn't really, like... I don't think they, like, thought about this ritual that they were really putting out there in the world because, like, yeah, the, 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 the zombie corpse itself uh, might get out. <laughs> like, they're like, you need to make sure that, you know... This the person's actually buried and you don't accidentally reanimate it while it's in the funeral home and then you have a zombie running around because apparently it may get you because it's actively trying to get you. Okay, one of the weird things about this is 
I, I really feel like it should take more than, like, just some verbal phrase to animate a corpse. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's, it, the whole phrase, I don't think it works, because the whole, the whole, like, magic words you use, this mump, this hoojaboo to do, to get it out, uh, is pretty campy, and it's pretty, like, I'm summoning the forces of the dark netherworld. Dear Satan, hear my cry. Animate this corpse. Does it actually call on Satan? Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, help me lose so weight. So you're making a bargain with Satan. Okay. Ellie, what what can you tell us from deconstructing this ritual? What, is there anything that you can <laughs> you can add to this weird conversation? I, I'm not picking up any traditional occultic elements from it, but maybe your keen eye will pick something up. Uh, somebody really wants you to waste a lot of money i i don't <laughs> like there is there is nothing to this at all yeah, I was gonna say, that i can see as remotely relevant i don't actually see any legitimate occultic elements to this I'm, i feel like that this is a prank you tell your friend if you want them to get in trouble at a funeral home. i'm not even convinced that the Vicks VapoRub in Teddy Bear would legitimately work. I don't think it would. I don't think that it would either. But it. Oh my god. It. But this is the stuff that we're talking about that you're dealing with when you go look at some of these rituals. This is just the wide gambit that you're dealing. With. Also, I think that it would just be smarter just to wait till like. Like Richard Simmons dies, and then then just try to summon his ghost. I, I like do not want a Richard Simmons zombie running around. No, I want the ghost of him being behind me, being like, "You can do it," or "You can do it," or diet and exercise. Huh? Huh? That's no. We gotta. <laughs> no, I gotta resort. We gotta resort yep. to necromancy. Yeah, that's that's our only recourse right now. Okay, I got one for you. Huh? Have you ever heard of the Midnight Man? The Midnight Man. Yeah. This is another ritual that I picked up off just offline. It's a fairly well-known one. Okay, here's what you do. And yes, you, there's going to be red flags all over. To begin the ritual, you write down uh, your name on a piece of paper. Then you have to spill your blood onto the piece of paper. It makes very clear it needs to be your blood and it needs to be your full name. Can I use gloves for this? For writing it down? No, for spilling the blood. No, you, you just like cut your finger or something. Oh. And then you place it on a door, and then you have to finish knocking 21 times at exactly... 22. Or sorry, 22 times at 12.01? No, uh, as the clock strikes midnight, you have to do the 22nd knock. There we go. Very time specific. Now, what this does is it summons this midnight man to your home and invites him in. And you light a candle, and you carry that around. If the candle goes out, that means that he is very close to you, and you now have 10 seconds to relight your candle. If you cannot relight your candle, then what you have to do is take out salt and make a circle of salt around you to keep yourself safe from the Midnight Man. Two questions. If I don't, if I, like, say I'm on a cardiac diet, can I use Mrs. Dash? I wish. <laughs> Like, Actually, I feel like Mrs. Dash might draw it closer. Like I just, I'm just asking. You'll, you'll just smell that much me. tastier. That oh, when he comes again, I'm just yeah. asking. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, you should not do this. You need to do this. I'm just, I didn't know. I'm sorry, as you were, as you were saying. 
Now you have to survive him for, if I remember right, three hours. Because I want to say it ends at 3 in the morning. I'm not 100% sure. 3.30. 3.30. There we go. I'm glad you happen to know this one. <laughs> There's a reason we bring her on. Okay. And if he catches you, the, it, it, different stories say different things. Either he'll just inflict your, inflict your most horrible nightmares on you. Or he'll start just taking out your organs and kill you. And what do you think you get if you succeed? Oh, you get like three wishes like from a genie. No, you get literally nothing. What? Yeah, you, you, this ritual just summons summons and invites him into your house and just says, oh, hey, you can stalk me for the next X few hours. Wouldn't it be, like, super easy for someone to catch you in your house? Um, Yeah, that's kind of what my thoughts are. And it also led me to some... Okay, supposedly that this is a ancient pagan ritual, big air quotes here, <laughs> That was utilized to punish people for committing sins against the god. Basically, you would make someone perform this ritual if they transgress in some way. Right. But, okay, first, they just say it's a ancient pagan ritual. Very broad terms. I feel like you could be a little more specific on a culture. But most likely, when they say pagan, they're probably mean, meaning Celt. And... I don't see how this would ever work because you're not supposed to leave your house or turn the lights on while you're doing this. I forgot to mention those, but you have to turn all the lights off and that stuff. But if you're in a Celtic round house, which is what they had at the time, which are not very big, how the <laughs> hell would you ever evade this thing? You're just it's literally for, you, for three hours you're running around in a your, circle. Your house, if assuming they're talking about Celts, your house is one room and there's not even a corner. Also, like, if you're doing this, like... Wouldn't you be living with other people? So, like, you would just be running around your house really loudly, like, at yeah, midnight, bothering, pretty much. bothering everybody else. Like, and we're trying to sleep! You can actually do this ritual in a group, though. You just, everyone has to enact the contract at the same time and do the knocking together. So it's like But ancient, I don't know why you would. So it's like ancient pagan dodgeball? <laughs> just running if away? dodgeball was fatal and you don't get to fight back. And you just do this as a group and just hope he gets the fat guy? The, the only reason I could think to enact a ritual like this is if you really, really want to see something paranormal, I guess. Because supposedly um, you'll see the midnight man kind of stalking around you. You'll see a silhouette of a man in solid black mm. and supposedly other such paranormal things can happen but i just don't see why this would be a actual thing or why anyone would do it like the history of it is clearly fabricated can i do this at like 2 a.m so i get like the 2 a.m man so he, like he's had a trip to ihop or something or <laughs> he's like real late <laughs> like he's in a better mood and like you know loaded up on carbs and sugar so like he's gonna crash and maybe i don't know Ooh, even better, there's a version of um, one of the games that's a lot like this, except it uses a doll. Oh, is this Hide and Seek by yourself? Yes! Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, I actually really like Hide, hide and Seek by, by yourself. I think this is a neat ritual. Do you, do you know it well enough? Not really. I just know it has a lot of the same sort of okay. stuff I have, going on. First, I'm going to just let you guys know, I have not prepped for this one, so... I'm going to give you the rough idea of it. It's generally based off of um, various Shinto beliefs. You take a stuffed animal and you open it up and you sew something into it. I can't recall what. And then you re-sew it up with red thread. Then if I remember right, you have to then give the stuffed animal a name. And then you invite it to come try to find you. 
and you hide with a um, a bottle of sake, if I recall correctly. And or was it salt water? Was it salt water? Sake? I don't okay, it, it was something that's used in Shinto belief to basically drive out a spirit because both of those are things that can drive out a spirit. And you're supposed to shove rice inside of the tent. That, that's what well. it is. Rice. Are you yes. looking it up right oh, now? Oh, no, I am. Actually, uh, they have it listed on this wiki as hide and go seek alone or hide and go kill. Okay. There's <laughs> another term. I'm glad you it. looked it up because I don't 100% remember if the stuffed animal will kill you or just try to find you. With a horrifying photo of a uh, teddy bear with like red lines across it. So if I remember right, the spirit now possessing the bear if assuming that it's a teddy bear once it finds you you're supposed to spray whatever's in your mouth to kind of exercise it out and then i guess you can go a longer way i think it'll harm you or something along those lines if it catches you are you finding anything along those lines yeah and also says in order to anger the spirit once the doll goes in you're supposed to stab it with something oh yeah i remember that you you're supposed to get the spirit super pissed off before you do it this is just a train wreck of bad ideas <laughs> do you imagine like if child's play was done this way like we know that chucky's a murderous doll so we don't want to wake him up we're gonna like punt him like across the room <laughs> or we're gonna shove his hand on the garbage disposal and then be like then he wakes up and murders everybody, and everybody acts surprised, like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Why would you do this? Well, this one, to the best of my knowledge, is just simply tempting fate. Although this one has a lot of themes that do exist within the occult. Why would people do so many of these rituals where just bad things happen to them? Like... I, that's so weird. Like, I think, okay, I don't think all of them are that way. Like, there's there was numerous ones when I was on the Three Kings subreddit and I'm looking at them that involved, like, wishes. Like, getting wishes. Not all of these are terrible and horrible. There were some that involved, like, using windows and candles for, like, like to grant wishes. I saw one of those. That was pretty cool. Actually, a similar occult practice comes from Africa where basically you take this iron pot and then you pour things in it that the spirits like. And the idea is to draw the spirit into the pot. Then you seal the pot with iron so the uh, spirit cannot get out. Then you torture the hell out of the spirit and consistently pour blood in there to make it bloodthirsty. And the idea is that you have this super, super, super pissed off bloodthirsty spirit stuck in this uh, pot. And then you're supposed to like unleash it around your enemies. So it's, it's somewhat similar to that one. I'm going to take this opportunity to thank the good people at Hasbro and Mattel <laughs> for making some much more wholesome games <laughs> that uh, helped to um, entertain uh, our youth so that they're not creating a bunch of uh, murder stuffed animals or making packs with bizarre uh, entities for no reason other than badness. Yeah, that, that's the odd thing about so many of these rituals is that they don't end with some sort of beneficial effect. So I'm going to ask you guys this. Why do you guys think that there are so many of these internet rituals going around right now that don't have beneficial effects? Like, why do you, why, what, where do you think the appeal is in a lot of these? Do you think it's just happy to be scared? Do you think there's something else to it? Thrill-seeking. I mean, it's the same reason that you do Bloody Mary when you're a little kid. It's scary, and you don't, like, fully believe it's going to work. So it's just taking Bloody Mary and cranking it up to 10. That'd be my guess. Maybe gotcha. 11. 
Gotcha. Our our innate desire to just be scared has like just spawned this whole obsession with creating these games and rituals that just don't really have a good purpose. Yeah, pretty much. There's probably a little bit of nihilism thrown in there too, though. Gotcha. So, and I want I want because I want to throw some conversation here. The other thing that I saw was. So when I was researching this one, this one that involved the wishing candles, and I'm not going to get super into the details of it, but it essentially involves you just using candles and mirrors and all this and matches or something like that in order to be like and done in a specific way. And if you do this, that you grant that you get granted wishes or what you wished for or something like that. The thing that stuck out about me about this ritual is this ritual is only ten days old. And oh, so this is like brand spanking yes, new. Yes, this uh, and I wanted to 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 share this one with you guys. Because it, it, it started making me think, like, do you, how do you guys think that these rituals that are, and you can take it for whatever you want, that are just for keep for fun, or how do you think they come up with, or, or legit ones, like ones that people genuinely believe in, like, how do you think that people discover these rituals, like? And people, I, I assume that it's similar to past rituals where they're usually handed down to them or... They discover it through like a spiritual moment or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Well, the person that posted this one about the wishing thing said that it came to them in a dream, so it wasn't even passed to them. This was this just was an idea that came to them, and so like I didn't know like for you like for you guys like do you guys think it's responsible for people to be doing some of these rituals that are this new when you might not even know the full ramifications of what you're doing? Ellie, do you have a response before I give mine? I mean, I don't feel like the people who are doing a lot of these rituals are really concerned with how responsible it is to be doing them. <laughs> Have you ever read a occultic ritual and thought, this is a really responsible thing to do? I, I don't think occultism is generally about responsibility. I disagree. I think some of them do. Well, if you think about like rituals, think about like communion, like that's done like in Catholic rituals. That's been handed down for two, that's been handed down for 2,000 years of yeah, practice. I said a cultic ritual for well, a specific reason. Okay. Well, like, uh, granted, I'm, you know, I'm a staunch practicing Catholic and whatnot, but I mean, I, it's still a ritual that's done for a specific desired supernatural effect. But this is one that's been handed down for 2,000 years of practice. I'm kind of afraid to be in like some sort of clinical trial for some of these rituals that, <laughs> that these people just posted online. Like even like, let, let's throw something on a, a similar sort of line, the occultic rituals that exist within Agrippa. I still don't think most of them, even though Agrippa is a very old grimoire, I don't look at them and go, yeah, this is a really responsible thing to do. Like most occultic rituals are... Yeah, you might gain some sort of manner of benefit, and I guess if you're desperate enough, it could be a practical thing to do. But for the most part, most of them are based in the idea that you're going to get something that you could probably do yourself if you were willing to put in the effort. So it's like a quick fix? I mean, think about most occultic rituals. Like there are ones to find buried treasure, um... There are ones to make your enemies fear you, you know, all sorts of random stuff like that, which you could probably figure out ways to do, or you could summon and bind a demon, you know. I want to do the treasure hunting once. <laughs> I don't want to summon, I don't want to summon demons. God, that was another Who one Who do too. you think tells you where to find the treasure? What? What? 
<laughs> I thought you just did something like on a map and like you just like have like something hit. Oh, are you telling me demons like creep in and like influence that? Well, most of Agrippa involves the ritual exists to summon some sort of entity to do the magic. Now, Agrippa does specify that one can call on angels, they can call on demons, and they can call on these kind of neutralistic like spirits of nature. I still feel like this is some sort of massive stranger danger situation. It is a massive stranger danger situation. Where you don't really know what you're dealing with. You probably don't. <laughs> like, I don't believe Agrippa was some sort of individual that had, like, this perfect view on the occult. I mean, he's probably just another person writing down occultic rituals in, like, the medieval period. Do you remember? I don't know, right about. Yeah, so somewhere around that time. Like, he might have been, he might, as far as he knew, he was communing with Hindu gods just saying they were angels. I'm also worried about the one ritual that just says, just drive for 11 miles, and then once you get there, you know you're going to find the road, like the road that if you travel down it, you'll run into demons. I thought about prepping for that one. That just sounds like you're just driving to the middle of nowhere to find demons. And but don't you get like a wish if you finish it or something? I don't think a wish from a demon is going to come with that. With, <laughs> like, I don't want their wishes. You should just say no. Since you brought it up, give them at least a, a, a cursory okay. understanding of what okay. we're talking about. So this is like the 11 miles ritual. And I don't specifically know it to a T, but it involves you generally getting in your car and you can go with other people, I assume. Although it's probably creepier to go by yourself. And you drive for exactly 11 miles. Once you get to 11 miles, shortly thereafter that, you're supposed to be aware of when you find the road. And when you find said road, you're going to know that it's the one you got to drive down. And once you go down it, eventually at some point you run into demons. I don't know if you get out of the car. I don't know if they pop in. Like, you know, it's like instead of Jesus take the wheel, it's Lucifer take the wheel. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say each, with each mile that you drive down the road, things are supposed to get progressively worse until you're just clearly driving through hell. Yeah. So uh, don't do that. Don't drive farther than 10 miles from your house, guys. Just for saying. Actually, nine <laughs> miles. Nine miles. Just because I care about you guys. Never drive any further than nine miles from your house. Let's get into a ritual that I actually would potentially test. Okay. Yeah, we do need to talk about the Three Kings ritual at some point since most of these rituals are found on their subreddit. Okay. Well, why don't you give us a, a breakdown? Or do you want me to? Okay. No, no, no. You can do the breakdown. Okay. So, so this was the ritual that started the Three Kings <laughs> ritual that like started this whole internet form of these things. Ellie, would you like to? No. Okay, okay, I'll do the breakdown. I feel like talking about this invites bad things, help, too. Help me out with the times and stuff, though, on it. Okay, I think I remember those. Okay, the Three Kings ritual is a means of communing with a group of entities, specifically two entities. Exactly the nature of them is not made perfectly clear. You need a few objects to uh, do the ritual. You set up in one room... Two chairs with mirrors uh, mirrors on them, and a chair where if you sat in it, you can see part of your body in each. You also set up a fan behind you, and the fan is then left on. You then leave the room, but leave the door open, and you go to your room, and you then sleep with a power object that ties you to the present, usually an object from your childhood. You leave a alarm set for, oh goodness, what time was it? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. and you leave a candle next to to you with a lighter. When the alarm goes off, you're supposed you have three minutes to then get up, light the candle, and walk to your seat, the seat that did not possess the mirror in it. 
if anything happens, if you're, oh, you're also supposed to have a phone that's charging while you're there. If your phone doesn't charge, if the door is now shut, if the fan you left on is off, you're supposed to immediately abort the ritual. Assuming that none of that has happened, um, you then sit down. And I, I left a few things out. Sorry, I'm over half a bottle of wine into this. At the same time, you're also supposed to have a friend there with you. Your friend is um, going to just be waiting just in case something bad happens to help bring you out of the ritual. Um, also, in front of the chair, you're supposed to have a mug of water and a bucket of water. You then go and you have three minutes to sit down in such a way that you can see part of yourself in both mirrors and that you're holding the candle or the candle is sitting in front of you with your body blocking the wind of the fan. At this point, you're supposed to begin to see shadows moving around, occultic stuff starting to occur. And supposedly, even though you're not supposed to look at the person in the other mirrors, one of them is the fool and will lie to you. And the other one is the queen and will only speak the truth. And the same thing occurs for the entities in the mirror. That you are to one of them their fool and to one of them their queen. So that's where you get the three kings from. Um, then you can ask them anything you want. And supposedly you will get an answer, but one of them is going to lie to you and the other one's going to tell you the truth. Basically, you get uh, one hour of doing this, right? Yeah, and I was wrong. It was 3.30, so 3:30. the ritual starts at 3.33. Okay, and you get one hour to do this, and at the end of the hour, you're supposed to then blow out. If I remember, you blow out the candle and leave, but if you're not out by that time, that's when your friend steps in. They're first supposed to knock on the door, and if they don't get your attention, they're then supposed to call you, and that's why you have the fully charged cell phone. And if that doesn't work, they're supposed to then enter without touching you and douse you with the cup of water. And if that doesn't work, the bucket of water. And the idea is that sometimes when you're engaging this ritual, you can get stuck in a trance and that these are things that will pull you out of the trance. The reason you don't touch them is because that's a means of transference for something to go from you to them. And that's the Three Kings ritual. A lot of people have performed it. A lot of people have had different experiences. A lot of people haven't even had the entities in the mirror converse with them. They just had a ton of other weird paranormal stuff happen to them. I've seen people describe the fool as like a, like a jester like outfit. I've seen people describing that at times. Did you guys get that? Or do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't find a story where specifically the entity in the fool's mirror was described because you're not really supposed to look at the entity. Yeah, that, that's... I but I, I, I did get people that were saying that or they sounded like it. I heard a couple of those when I started some of the few people talking about it. It gave me a very, like, the others vibe, like, from people that do, like, you know, DMT or things like that uh, in order to do those, like, long trances. But uh, me and Ellie did some looking into this, and we have a pretty good breakdown. But we're also at the end of our regular segment. That is true. So do, do we want to save the breakdown for the um, extended segment? I think so. Okay. But before before we get into that, I want to get your guys' any guys' final thoughts on would you guys recommend people going to Three Kings, like their subreddit, trying these things? What advice would you give people? Because there's probably people that are listening because they want to do some of these for fun, some of these that are probably looking for serious things. What, what would your guys' advice, what are your guys' thoughts on these things? I would say be careful. Most people 
don't have the proper training to deal with a occultic situation if something would go awry. And there's a lot of rules for these, and they're the sort of things where if you don't follow the rules to a T, it's going to go poorly. I'm not specifically a occultist, although I know a lot about the occult, and I would be willing to test one of these out if the fans would like to see one tested. Now, only one of the safer ones, and Marcus is giving me a hell of a look because he hates this idea. Oh, hates this idea. God. But I'm not against engaging with the paranormal to see, A, if it works, and B, to see if it generates a paranormal experience. I'm always leery about trying to do things where you're going to end up with deals or bartering with some of these things. I always think you leery because at the end of the day, you never know when something's going to be... I, I, sorry, I always, with how much we have discussed how generally things in the paranormal are not actively always, like, pursuing your best interests, I think it can often lead people to problems. That's why I potentially try through Kings. You're not creating a accord. You're not trying to get something out of it. Yeah, but if and you do it wrong, then, then something like that can Oh, happen. yeah, no, that that's true. That's you, why you, you have to be super careful. You could be attracting it. yourself to other things. These whole things could be set up so these two entities don't mess with you. Bringing it back to John Keel. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah, most you know. of it is. Yeah. Bringing it back to John Keel, and he is a big proponent of once you start poking into the paranormal, the paranormal starts poking back. Mm. But... Final thoughts. Um, honestly, just at a cursory glance, because I didn't really read many of these, but a lot of them just really seem like they're probably not going to do anything besides maybe scare you and your friends a little bit. Um, some of them have the, like, bones of... A classic ritual so they might actually accomplish something now the ones we talked about what which ones do you think would be the most likely <sighs> honestly three kings because a lot of that seems to be hitting some really classic notes there's a lot of correspondence uh, with flame mirrors oh, we'll get into the details in the extent okay yeah <laughs> you know for me like I see like you guys talking about like a lot of these rituals being used as a way to get something that you yourself could probably do. And I think when you, you know, when you cheat yourself out of the going out for these things yourself and achieving these things, I think you're, I think that you're, you're selling yourself short of what you can do on the journey to getting some of these things, which in the end are probably going to be a better benefit to you in the long run. Oh yeah. A hundred percent agree with that i much of occultism is just means of taking shortcuts yeah you know and i think sometimes when you take a shortcut you shorten your journey and a lot of times the journey is the best part <laughs> you know for what you remember a lot of times and things so i would encourage people not to take these kind of shortcuts and a lot of these things you know the same also um in the comments below if you guys have ever tried a rich type of ritual like this if you've ever done one please let us know in the comments below like what you did what you tried and how it worked out for you i'll be very interested to see uh your guys's experiences uh with a lot of these rituals so please let us know uh in the comments below um if you guys like this episode don't forget to like share it uh subscribe if you subscribe to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that little notification bell. That way you guys can stay up to date whenever we put out more content. Uh, and leave us a review. Uh, it helps us out a lot when you guys leave a review, like on uh, iTunes, if that's where you guys are listening to this. 
uh, or uh, on YouTube, just leaving us a comment for what you guys thought about it. We always love going over comments and, and getting those reviews from you guys. Even if you think we suck, we'll still we'll still uh, <laughs> we'll still we'll still absolutely uh, talk about it. It's fine. Oh, yeah, there's been more than one time where someone oh, yeah. said something native, and we talked about it on we're that. Big. So. We can, we're big. We can handle it. Yeah, I'll take a critique. I don't yeah, care. sure. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know we had a lot of fun making it. Um, oh, but if you leave a critique, be specific. Like, I, I, we still argue over the critique that was, I liked what one guy was saying, but the other guy was super annoying. And we still argue over who was the annoying I'm guy. I'm telling you right now that it was, <laughs> uh, it was probably you. It was probably you. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, but until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into our Pillow Talk segment of our podcast. And the first thing that I want to do uh, is thank Ellie for coming on to the episode to talk with us. I forgot to do that before we uh, trilled out of the main body of the podcast, uh, but I had to pee, so <laughs> I had to rush to the bathroom right before we recorded this part of the podcast. Man, I am a full bottle of wine into this episode. I'm ready to talk about the occult. No, I'm a third of the wine in a bottle of wine because I don't want to get drunk because i got to drive home, And I, but I've been drinking this entire uh, Sonic Diet Dr. Pepper that, we, that I had, too. Mm. But thank you, uh, Ellie, for coming on this episode. You're welcome, I guess. Absolutely. It's always better when you guys are when you are on this episode. We really need to get Ellie in for more episodes. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so, uh, guys, this part of the podcast is for our patrons and the people uh, that, that support us. If you guys want to catch the rest of this podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up for as little as $1 a month. You guys get all of the rest of this podcast as well as bonus episodes that we put up on there and if you are a two dollar a month member you also get to vote uh, on uh, the upcoming theme for next month which unless we get a whole bunch of new patrons uh, all of a sudden it's probably going to be paranormal weather phenomenon it seems oh, where i've the... got some neat stuff to talk about in there man uh, the, the vote has dramatically shifted that way so uh, if you guys don't want to hear about that make sure you guys go over and sign up today and vote so I've got some other good ones out that are up there too. So you guys should go up and check them out. I'm also like kind of interested in doing the like dark harvest sort of episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm also oh that's a good that's another good one too. I mean we got a bunch of good episodes that are coming up, and I've almost got the Saint Germain episode uh, for last month uh, up and edited. I got and that'll couple, be a paranormal case file. Absolutely, and so it's going to be edited much better for you guys that we guys can check. And then pretty soon I'm going to convince Vic to do another uh, bonus uh, episode for our patrons too as well. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, big things coming. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So, with all that out of the way, let's break down the Three Kings ritual. Ellie, would you? So. Uh, where do you want me to start? Wherever you think would be the best place. Okay. Well, I guess we'll start with timing? Sure. Sure? Okay. So, one of the things is you... St- Start out by going to sleep at 11 a.m. Then you wake up at 3.30. That puts you right outside a REM cycle of sleep. Do you mean 3 p.m. or 11 p.m.? Or sorry, 11 p.m. Oh, man, I thought it was telling me to sleep at like, like 11 a.m. to like 3 a.m. I'm like, nope. crap. <laughs> no, so, so you basically get interrupted from a REM cycle. That makes sense which puts you in a more receptive state, right? Uh, The ritual itself starts at 3.33, which 
depending on who you ask, means different things, but it's a significant number, basically. Well, yeah. well it's three sets of three, and three's generally considered to be the most magical yeah. number. Yeah. yeah, and you're working with the Trinity or the mockery of the Trinity, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's it's a, a significant number. You know, there's a lot of things that come with the number three, too. You know, like, there's a rule of three even in comedy. We're only supposed to, like, repeat something three times. Three's a big, no- a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, so... Very important time to start, and then so you kind of end up in this receptive state at a very prime point in the night, which sets it up.